so good. Jesus. He is so, so kind. He is kindness. He is love. The Father delights in him. For he sees all that is good and all that is perfect. He sees love and kindness in a way we cannot ever comprehend. And he delights in his son. And he's with us tonight. Jesus is amazing. And he is present. And the thing that impressed upon my heart, I was a sat and waiting and listening. Very, very similar to what Jenny brought I think for some people here tonight, you need to realise he is close. He is closer than you realise. Picture of a face, a picture of a face anxiously looking, stressed, fearful, fretful, gazing, wondering, can I reach him, can I get there, I desire him, or I desire something of him, and he's just right there. And he just says, realize I am here, look at me. You've overlooked, you're looking far and I'm near. And just sense for some tonight, you need to know again, Jesus is closer than you realize. He's with you and he's with us tonight. And he's amazing. And he's amazing. And he's amazing. Let's just pray together, shall we? As we turn just for a few minutes to some scripture. Loving Jesus, as we heard again, you wouldn't crush the weak. You wouldn't quench even a smouldering flame or the tiniest hope. You are the one who's come to bring life and life in all its fullness, to fan into flame all that is good, to bring forgiveness and mercy and justice and grace and love and hope, to wipe the slate clean in our lives and to set us free and to see us fly. Jesus, you're amazing. Jesus, we worship you. Jesus, you are worthy of every song we will ever sing. You are worthy of every breath that we will ever breathe. Help us tonight, I pray, to see you again. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us now. We invite you, come Holy Spirit. Come now in this moment. For those of us here tonight, just in the silence, if you'd like to, if you want to hear from the Lord again tonight, whether it's through me or what I bring or in the worship, whatever it might be, if you want to hear something from the Lord afresh again tonight, just in the silence, ask him really simply, Lord, speak. I'm listening. Let's just take a moment, shall we? thank you that you love to speak to us speak to us again tonight we pray in your name amen 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 well tonight um we like to do things slightly different um at freedom and again tonight i'm going to bring some scriptures to you and we're going to ponder and use the
time to reflect, use your mind's eye to really dig deep and think deeply and to let God speak through his word. His word can speak far greater than my words, although he can speak through me, he can speak through each one of us. Um, But I want to start with some words I need to grab my Bible, bear with me. Some words from Revelation chapter 5. The scene is heaven. Then I saw in the right hand of him who sat on the throne a scroll with writing on both sides and sealed with seven seals. And I saw a mighty angel proclaiming in a loud voice, who is worthy to break the seals and open the scroll? But no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth could open the scroll or even look inside it. I wept and wept because no one was found who was worthy to open the scroll or look inside. Then one of the elders said to me, do not weep. See, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has triumphed. He is able to open the scroll and its seven seals. Then I saw a lamb looking as if it had been slain, standing at the centre of the throne, encircled by the four living creatures and the elders. I've taken you first to one of the highlights, one of the greatest moments in the New Testament. It's this extraordinary moment where... All of heaven asks the question, who is worthy? And we see the centrality of Jesus right at the heart of heaven itself. We see the praise and adoration, the significance that he has. The angel says, do not worry. Jesus is here. There will be somebody worthy. Jesus is here. And Jesus goes on to open the scroll and the elders in heaven fall to the floor and all of heaven worships Jesus. It's this extraordinary moment, this glimpse into the heavenly realms, this glimpse into who Jesus is. You see, Jesus is who I want to focus on briefly, just for a few minutes tonight. The fact that he is worthy of our worship. He is worthy of what we just did. We don't just sing songs, but from our hearts, we give him praise. With our focus, our mind's eye, we turn to him, and we realise who he is and we tell him that we love him and we tell him that he is worthy and we tell him that we adore him and we lift up his name 
and we realise we're in his presence and we realise that before him we are nothing and yet before him we are loved, we are significant, we are safe, we are free, we are in the best place ever in the presence of Jesus. I want us to focus tonight on how worthy Jesus really is of our worship. Before everything else, the first thing a Christian does is worship. Before we understand why we're doing that, or before we work out any theology, we first worship. The words that Mig read at the beginning of the service, I think you read the hymn in Philippians too, yeah. We think they were written long before any of the scriptures were written. These are words, the earliest words of worship of the early church. Before they'd worked out that Jesus must be part of the Trinity and it must work in this way, they just knew that he was amazing and that they wanted to just praise him and adore him. You see, even angels don't accept our worship. Even angels say, no, don't worship me. It says in Hebrews that when he sent the firstborn, when God sent his firstborn, he did so that all the angels may worship him. They know who the worship belongs to. And so tonight I want to think of four moments. I want to take you just briefly to four moments where human beings did something quite extraordinary. I don't want us to miss how unusual these moments are. They are four moments where, in his earthly ministry, human beings actually realised who Jesus was, and they stepped down, they knelt down, and they worshipped him. And I don't want us to miss how unusual this is. This wasn't normal. From the very beginning, it was clear that you do not worship anyone other than God. God had made that so clear. Your worship is only, we heard it, don't turn to idols. David was saying, your worship is for me and me alone. And yet, even where the angels would say, no, Jesus never stopped anyone worshipping him. When they realised who he was. Because he's worthy. And I want us to think of these four moments. What was it? that those people, those ordinary human beings like me and you had realised about Jesus, that had caused them to worship him. And the first moment begins after his birth. And I'll read from Luke 2. As I read tonight, drink deeply of scripture. If my voice just mumbles off in the background and God's speaking to you about something, let that be. If you want to rest and something God's saying to you, just rest in that. Let's turn to his word together. The first moment of worship after his birth from Luke 2. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose, and we've come to worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. And when they saw the star, they were overjoyed. And coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures 
And they presented him with gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. You see, the angels declared his glory at his birth. The shepherds came and saw Jesus and they shared with excitement what they had seen. Simeon and Anna, if you remember, praised God for him, but it was the Magi, these strange religious men from foreign lands who came and they actually worshipped him. The first to worship him. What was it that they saw in this child which led them to worship for at the time if you think about it seemingly he'd done nothing to deserve it he was just a boy and he'd been born could they have really known that this young child was actually the eternal word who was with God at the very beginning could they have realised that this small child was actually the glory of heaven And one with the Father above now made flesh and blood to come and reach out to a hurting world, to come and be near. As they gave him their very best in worship, their treasures, their gold, their frankincense, their myrrh, were they thinking that this is nothing compared to what this child deserves? I want to ask you tonight, I wonder, do we realize how worthy Jesus is just because of who he is? Do we take the time before we ask of him or expect of him to just delight in who it is we are worshipping? Do we choose freely to bring him our very best, the very best we can bring? Who is worthy? Who is worthy? The second moment was after waters were walked upon in Matthew 14. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them, that is, his disciples, in the dark on a lake and heavy winds in a boat. And he went out to them walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It was a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, Take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat walked on the water and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said. Why? Why did you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshipped him saying, truly, you are the Son of God. I wonder what was it in this of all moments that caused the disciples to worship him? Was it that they were somehow impressed by this trick or show 
were they relieved simply that the wind had gone and that their friend was safe again? Or was it something more? Could it have been that it was in this moment they realised that before them was someone far greater than their greatest fears? He was one who could tame the untamable, who could calm the uncalmable, who could control the uncontrollable. <laughs> Did they realise in this moment as he walked on the chaos and the darkness and the storm and the waters that even the strongest enemy was under the feet of Jesus. That his footsteps were sure and certain. They were unwavering. They were full of authority. Never doubting for a moment. And as the wind stopped and he stood there in the boat with Peter, did they see he stood before them the one in whom all things were created? Things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, did they begin to understand that all things have been created through him and for him, for Jesus? I wonder, do we always realise the power of the one we worship? Do we believe tonight that he's conquered every enemy and is greater than even our greatest fears. Perhaps you need to hear that tonight. His steps are certain and sure. He walks with undoubting authority. He is greater than even our greatest fears. Do we see him unswerving and faltering and full of authority? on his throne who is worthy the third moment is after eyes were opened it's from John 9 they brought to the Pharisees the man who had been blind. Now the day on which Jesus had made the mud and opened the man's eyes was a Sabbath. Therefore the Pharisees also asked him how he had received his sight. He put mud on my eyes, the man replied, and I washed and now I see. A second time they summoned the man who had been blind. Give glory to God by telling the truth, they said. We know this man, Jesus, is a sinner. He replied, whether he's a sinner or not, I don't know. One thing I do know, I was blind, but now I see. Then they asked him, what did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? You can hear their desperation. He answered, I have told you already and you did not listen. Why do you want to hear it again? Do you want to become his disciples too? To this they replied, you were steeped in sin at birth, how dare you lecture us? And they threw him out. Ugly, isn't it? Religion. 
Jesus heard that they'd thrown him out. And when he found him, he said, Do you believe in the Son of Man? Seemingly not realising who he was talking to, the man said, Who is he, sir? The man asked. Tell me so that I may believe in him. Jesus said, You have now seen him. In fact, he is the one speaking with you. And the man said, Lord, I believe. And he worshipped him. It was a moment that changed this man's life forever. His physical eyes had been opened by a man, well, he did not know and he could not account for because he had to go away to wash the mud and presumably Jesus had moved on. But what he did know was that he once was blind, but now he could see. At least he could now physically see. Yet he was still blind to Jesus. Perhaps he's a sinner, perhaps he is not, the man says, when asked about him. But then it all begins to change. Was it something in that question, I wonder, that began to unblock the spiritual eyes of his heart? Do you believe in the Son of Man? Jesus asked. Sure, I know you can now see, but do you believe not just in this miracle, but do you believe in the one who made it happen? And the man's heart held an overwhelming desire to believe. He wanted to. He was so close to Jesus, and yet he was still so far. Who is he, sir? You can imagine looking around. Show me. Where? Tell me so I may believe. And then it happened. The moment of revelation. As the old hymn goes, the old chorus, one touch from the king changes everything, stood in his presence. He heard the words of Jesus speak directly to his heart. You have now seen him. He is the one speaking with you. And the man in that moment said, Lord, I believe, and he worshipped him. Which do you think was the greater miracle? To see or to really see? To have his physical sight restored or to stand in the presence of the living God and to actually realise who he is with all of his heart. It was a moment that changed his life forever. I wonder, as we stand in worship, do we truly grasp just how close Jesus is? Do we realise that we are in his presence? the presence of the King? Are our hearts hungry with an overwhelming desire to know, to believe, to know him more? I wonder, do you come to worship expecting and hopeful, seeking an encounter with the one who can open eyes and in a moment can change our lives forever? I want to ask you tonight, I wonder, do you need a fresh moment of revelation from Jesus tonight. Do you need that tonight? If you do, then come. He is kind. He is good. He is with us. Come hungry and seek him in worship in just a moment. He is here. Lord, I believe. Lord, I worship you.
who is worthy. And friends, the last, the last moment of worship that I want to share tonight after his scars were seen. It's from John 20. Jesus resurrected, glorious, alive, had appeared to his disciples. He says this, Now Thomas, one of the twelve, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord, but he said to them, Unless I see the nail marks in his hands, and I put my finger where the nails were, and I put my hand into his side, I will not believe. A week later, it's quite long, a week later his disciples were in the house again, and Thomas was with them, and though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here, see my hands, reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting, stop doubting, stop doubting and believe. Thomas said to him, my Lord and my God. I can't imagine how strong the sense of fear and awe which was running through Thomas's veins at that moment when Jesus appeared. I wonder how he felt even more so when Jesus turned and looked him in the eyes and began to talk to him, Thomas. I wonder how he felt as Jesus humbly and gently and kindly showed him the nail marks in his hands and the flesh wound in his side I wonder how he felt when he was invited to come and touch and feel for himself so that he too might believe. Could it be that in that moment he was overwhelmed by the truth that Jesus had actually, he actually had defeated death. He was risen, he was breathing, he was alive, he was standing there before him, speaking now in that same familiar voice straight to him and yet he had doubted. But could it be as he sees with his own eyes the bloodied scars of that awful cross that he was even more overwhelmed by the truth that this wonderful, beautiful, holy, perfect, glorious Jesus, his master and his friend, had actually suffered and struggled, hurt and died for his sin and his brokenness and his shame. Was he overwhelmed by his glory? Was he overcome by his love? Was he humbled by Jesus' grace? Whatever he was feeling. In this moment, Thomas declares to Jesus one of the highest moments of recognition and worship in the whole of the Gospels. My Lord and my God. It's the moment when he realises, Jesus, you have done it. Jesus, you have actually done it. You have done it. And friends, I want to say tonight to us again, he has done it. 
for Thomas, for you, for me. He has taken it all. He has died in our place. He has defeated death. And he is alive. He's done it. He's won the victory. Should we ever grow tired of returning to the cross? Of returning to the enormity of his suffering? The wonder of his resurrection? Can we ever dwell too much on the price he paid and on the love he's shown us? Me and you. And the victory he's won for us. I want to ask, do you know it for yourself really, truly? Do you really comprehend it again tonight? Have you shaped your whole life around this central and life-changing truth? Friends, I invite you. Can I ask the band to come back up? Would you join with all of heaven and would you praise him and worship him and thank him, Jesus, again tonight with all you have within you for what he has done? That's the invitation tonight. For he is worthy. He is worthy of our best. He is worthy of our praise. He is Jesus, our King, and we will worship him. Bex, can I ask you to stop playing the chords of the next song that we're going to sing just gently? I'm going to read to finish the final bit of Revelation 5 that I started with. Can I invite you, if you're able, please do stand. He went and he took the scroll from the right hand of him who sat on the throne. And when he had taken it, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the Lamb. Each one had a harp, and they were holding golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of God's people. And they sang a new song, saying, You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals because you were slain. And with your blood you purchased for God persons from every tribe and language and people and nation. You have made them to be a kingdom and priests to serve our God and they will reign on the earth. Then I looked and heard the voice of many angels numbering thousands upon thousands and ten thousand times ten thousand. And they encircled the throne and the living creatures and the elders. In a loud voice they were saying, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honour and glory and praise. Then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and on the sea and all that is in them saying, To him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb be praise and honour and glory and power for ever and ever. The four living creatures said, Amen. And the elders fell down and worshipped. Holy Spirit, I invite you and ask you, 
that you would show us again tonight, remind us of just how worthy Jesus is of our worship. That you would speak to our hearts and stir us again tonight to give him our everything, our very best, to hold nothing back. Help us to come in this moment now with expectation, realizing that we're in the presence of the risen King, that he is with us. Jesus, we honor you. Jesus, we worship you. Jesus, we thank you that you are with us. We thank you that you went to that cross for us. We thank you that from the very beginning, you have been glorious. From the very beginning, you have been good. From the very beginning, you have been love itself, more beautiful than we could ever imagine. And from the very beginning, you knew one day you would come to help us, to draw near to us, to do something we could never do, to pay the price that we deserve to pay to set us free. And you rose again, Jesus, and you're alive today, and you're with us now. And Jesus, we honor you in this place. Jesus, we worship you. Jesus, stir our hearts again to worship you now. For we love you. Amen.